0: Hi, my name's Luke Messick, and I'm an emergency medicine resident. I'm Seth Truger. I'm an emergency physician at Northwestern in Chicago. I really want to be there to take care of patients. But we don't have the personal protective equipment to take care of people in a way that protects them and protects us. So please go to getusppe.org. You can donate money directly. You can donate any sort of PPE that you have. Go check us out, getusppe.org. Keep us safe so we can keep you healthy. Hello and welcome to the five things podcast, your home for the latest and greatest in social and digital news, where we each week dive into five topics, and we explore them. This week, you are not listening to Kenny Gold. In fact, I am producer Joey Scarillo. He handed the mic over to me to host the show. And I promised him that I would not uh, drive it off the road completely. With me is Beth Rolfs. Hi, Beth.
1: Hi, Joey. So excited.
0: (laughs) I'm excited, too. This will be fun. We'll see how it goes. And Juliana is here. Hello, Juliana. Hi, Joey. Hi. Alrighty. So we've got five things to dive into, and they all have a very similar topic, and that's that they all go back to Facebook or Instagram. So up first is Instagram is accused of promoting false information. Then Facebook expanded their creator monetization. Uh, Instagram launched Instagram Lite, which sounds pretty cool. Um, Instagram also tested auto captions for Instagram stories. And last, Facebook added Reels to Facebook. So lots of stuff to get into. Let's dive right in. And I'm up first. Uh, with Instagram being accused of promoting false information. So as COVID has raged on throughout the past year or so, people have found that the recommended pages for some of the new Instagram uh, accounts have started to act up. And the Center for Countering Digital Hate, the CCDH, uh, did a study and found that Instagram was leading people towards COVID misinformation, anti-vaccination content, and anti-Semitic materials, um, you know, while this pandemic was was going strong. So um, they said that through their explore pages and suggested posts, people were being shown false information and misinformation about the pandemic. Um, according to the CCDH, it generally was new Instagram profiles um, that would, you know, follow a range of different types of accounts that were posting misinformation, and this included everything from QAnon to anti-vaxxers. These accounts recorded one misinformation post every week during the, um, the time of the research. They said that over 104 posts were recorded in total, and over half of that was misinformation recommended by Instagram about covid A fifth of that was about vaccinations, and a tenth contained misinformation about the election. So, I don't know. To me, none of that is really surprising, but want to know what you guys think. Um, This investigation by the CCDH was pretty cool, pretty thorough, um, but just want to throw it out to you all and see what you think of the findings.
1: I mean, I think the fact that investigations into misinformation it's an active thing happening across social media platforms is pretty, pretty cool and pretty, It that says a lot about um, kind of the regulation of these platforms going forward and how I think people are going to be able to trust them and use them in a new way. But yeah, I don't think this is that surprising. I actually think those rates are pretty low um, from what I would expect, um, given the widespread of misinformation that's out there. It is concerning that Instagram would be recommending this content. Um, And I think especially coming off of the news last week about Twitter, taking a real stance about misinformation up to permanently blocking accounts, there's something to this. And I'm excited to see where it goes. What do you think, Juliana?
2: Yeah, I think the, the issue of apps with a recommendation feature or social media sites with a recommendation feature um, accidentally bringing people to perhaps the worst part of the rabbit hole, um, you know, as long been something we've seen with YouTube that's having to be addressed. And I think obviously with Instagram, you know, you have the, the issue of, you know, they're essentially trying to what, scan images, you know, videos that people are uploading and try to determine whether or not there's, you know, misinformation or falsehoods associated. And so I think it'll be very interesting to see what can be done with those spaces where, you know, you're having people that are re-uploading content that, you know, the content's kind of hidden within uh, uh, multiple text posts. You know, there's a lot that has to be assessed in order to determine if it's true or not. And so it'll be interesting, one, to see how Instagram addresses this and two, um, you know, what they kind of roll out in order to prevent it from spreading and, you know, alerting people that they might be reading something that's untrue.
0: Yeah. Facebook actually said that they, you know, this is no surprise, but they, of course, denied any allegations. Um, and they actually said that the the report uh, was misleading and out of date and uh, that it was the information was five months old, which to me doesn't really disqualify it. Uh, I think if it happened five months ago, five years ago, or five minutes ago, it's still credible, but um, that's what they found. So yeah, I mean, definitely uh, interesting when you think about the algorithm and, and the information that you're fed.
2: We only lied about the vaccine six months ago. It's over. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly.
1: I do think for marketers, why this matters is like, it is nice to know that there's regulation in place where your content in feed is less likely to be next to misinformation or show up in tandem with misinformation. Or at least maybe we'll get there one day. (laughs) We're on the path. (laughs)
0: exactly all right so we're going to stay on this facebook train and jump over to facebook expanding creator monetization
2: yeah so i'll jump in here so facebook's newest update for creators um, will expand the direct monetization of content and this will allow creators to insert ads into 60 second long videos and live stream events so previously facebook monetization program uh catered to videos that had to be at least three minutes long and it had to be invite only if you were going to be able to uh, insert live, live in-stream ads. So this update, which is making it much easier to monetize content without needing that sort of direct thumbs up or down from Facebook and allowing it for short-form content, while you know, Facebook says it's for performers who you know were out of work and because of the pandemic and you're know, not able to do live touring or uh, and had to turn to live streaming on Facebook, many see it as Facebook's attempt to more directly compete with TikTok. For those short-form video creators uh, who've been able to make money off the TikTok uh, Creators Fund, which has been, you know, live since 2020. And what I think as far as from a marketer's perspective, um, why this is really interesting is, you know, I think we've all seen there's been this kind of tremendous speed to monetize essentially anything that's not bolted down. And while TikTok's creator fund is a lot more back-end with, you know, creators being able to essentially make money off of a certain number of views, the idea of Facebook Live video having ad breaks, that will really test people's feelings for the streaming experience to kind of lose that seamlessness. And so the question is for marketers, like how do you ensure that the information you're serving up in those spaces where people are used to it being a lot more seamless, how is it relevant and additive rather than just being distracting? But those are my feelings. You guys?
0: Yeah. I You know, the question I would ask too, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Kate on the show and she was talking about... Um, influencers jumping into SAG and and, and being represented by SAG. And, and I'm sure that, you know, as TikTok, it will be a big negotiation and a big negotiator in that process. It'll be interesting to see Facebook jump on board with that as well. It's almost like if TikTok does it, Facebook's going to jump on board too. So yeah, very interesting to see where this goes in in that space. Beth, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think um, it's also, you know, monetization is kind of the the Facebook game, right? Um, and I like that there's, maybe the creators will reap some of that benefit. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where this is going. I think it's gonna, we're not gonna probably ever think about influencers the same um, after all these platforms.
2: And I think Beth, from the you know perspective of being a data strategist, uh, trying to follow through if someone watching a, 60-second Facebook video, what that actually means for the return on the investment from a brand perspective. Uh, Be excited to see those PowerPoint slides from you in a couple months.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're coming. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So Beth is going to tell us about Instagram launched, Instagram Lite.
1: Yes, so Instagram Lite um, is... It existed before, but now its revised version is being launched in 170 regions across the globe. And essentially, what Instagram Lite is is it's a um, it's Instagram that's a la- able to be run on uh, lower download speeds, so it only requires two megabytes to download on Android as opposed to the 30 megabytes for the full-size version of the app. So it's a, a condensed version of the app, but it does include a lot of key features. Um, it, it leaves out some of the more advanced AR features, but you can filter, you can upload, you can use a lot of um, their kind of text overlays and even reels, it looks like. And what's great about this is a lot of the world doesn't have high-speed internet. So I think this will bring the app to regions that have not been able to take full advantage of Instagram. I think we're gonna get some really cool content from um these areas. And I'm excited to see kind of how the app can be used when it can be truly global and it's not segmented to regions that have high speed internet readily available. What do you guys think?
2: One thing that I really find interesting about Instagram Lite is, you know, yes, of course it's for that, one of the results of that uh, lower download speed is that you don't have reels, you don't have shopping, you might just have your chronological timeline and pictures of your friends and family. And seeing how there's been so much conversation uh at least on social about kind of the bloat that instagram has now uh while yes i love the idea of you know people who aren't on instagram being able to participate i'd be very curious to see if there's a move of people from the instagram as we see it to instagram light assuming that they still have access to the people that they follow
0: yeah i mean it's it they said too that instagram is looking instagram said that they're looking to uh, make the app available in all regions, which I think is is really cool. You know, just more access, more access to your friends, more access to cool imagery, but also more access to misinformation. <laughs> um, no, I think this is great.
1: I th- I do think it'll for marketers. What does it mean when you know we sometimes I think get so obsessed with the new way to show up on these platforms? which a lot of times is the higher technology that requires those higher download speeds. Um, it'll be interesting to see like how we have to think about the content and the assets that we're creating to reach audiences all over the world if they're now able to use Instagram Lite.
0: That's a, that's a good point from the, from the creative and from the marketer standpoint. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, how this changes things and, and opens up the doors a little wider. I think it's great. Cool. Speaking of Instagram, Juliana is going to tell us about Instagram testing out auto captions for Instagram stories. Take it away.
2: Yeah. So in uh, more Instagram news, they're slowly rolling out a new feature for Instagram stories that can be found in your sticker tab, which auto transcribes captions for users' videos. So interestingly enough, this feature was actually a part of Instagram's separate app called Threads. And that had the auto option to, or the option to auto transcribe videos. And apparently users would use this app to create videos to get them transcribed. And then they would download these videos and take them off platform and post to TikTok. So what we're seeing here is like a very interesting progress of an Instagram feature that was once an out of app addition, just being folded into Instagram, similar to how Boomerang operated. And so I think just generally we're seeing this as part of the trend of there being a lot more accessibility in our apps you know, allowing people to have their videos be understood sound on, sound off, and just making sure that the content is a lot more accessible to people regardless of, you know, their whether they're hard of hearing or, or otherwise. And, you know, of course, as we talk a lot about the kind of spread of accessibility, I think what makes this very interesting from a marketing perspective is, of course, you know, now the uh, ability to adapt Instagram stories for that sound off capability, you know, trying to make sure that the content that you're having is, you know, a lot more visually interesting, assuming that someone doesn't always have to be listening to the entirety to get the 360 experience.
1: So Juliana, am I understanding it right that like if I was talking in a video, you could turn sound off and I'd have like captions, like subtitles almost.
2: Exactly. So closed captioning for your videos. Uh, I, I, of course, you know, with all of those auto transcribe features, it's not always 100% accurate. So you want to make sure you go back in and kind of edit the text where it might have messed things up. But yeah, you now have the ability to have your closed captions running bottom screen uh, whenever you want it.
0: And the and the captions look cool, too. Um, I think there's a couple different styles, but like it looks like it's typing or the words sort of come up dynamically. I've seen this on TikTok a little bit, too. Yeah, so it looks better than just like the closed captioning that we're That we're very much used to on 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 uh facebook ads and even on tv yeah it's a really cool feature i i kind of wish that this uh as a as the podcast producer i wish this technology would get to the point where we could start using it for our show uh for accessibility a lot of the transcription tools out there just aren't that great and so i think as we as this technology develops i think there's gonna be a lot of great use cases both for podcasting and for videos as well so this, this technology can only get better and only make life easier and more accessible.
1: From a data collection perspective, it's also interesting. A lot of times the trick with Instagram when you're doing like social listening is the videos or the photos, you need pretty complex computer vision to understand what's happening in them. Um, where this could give us an insight into themes and content and topics and what's happening in culture through videos in a whole new way. So it's exciting for me if they if there's a way to kind of mine that and and look at it at a kind of a macro scale for certain categories or friends or topics.
0: Yeah. Sky's the limit. All right, Beth, take us home. This has been a quick one, but Facebook added reels to Facebook.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I don't think this is surprising for anyone. Facebook has now given you the option to share your Instagram reels to Facebook. It was only a matter of time. But um, I think uh, some of the impetus of this is that um, TikTok is no longer available in India. So Facebook swooped in and um, they're now kind of gathering up all of the former TikTok users and this is a way for people who have Instagram to be able to share um, more of those videos and I think they're really trying to take advantage of the surge of people using Reels now that TikTok isn't available but it also allows you to reach new audiences with your Reels and I don't think any of this is super surprising, like I said before, but it's happening. What do you guys
2: think? That's really interesting. I didn't even consider the fact that there's now this, you know, giant gap as far as content creation is concerned for the Indian audience. Now that TikTok is no longer available to them. So I agree. I think, you know, we, we laugh a lot about the fact that uh, Reels is very proudly Mr. Me Too to uh, TikTok. <laughs> But I think having that kind of short of infrastructure to be able to seize on these type of opportunities, you know, the we saw, yes, you know, back when um, when 45 was president, that the kind of looming threat of TikTok's demise was a lot more uh, tangible. But, yes, as there continues to be conversation about, you know, different areas, their comfortability with TikTok, uh, I think Facebook Reels showing itself as more uh, as a formidable force in the background. Uh, will continue to be interesting. So as much black as I give Facebook reels, I have to applaud them for seizing the opportunity
0: for yeah, sure. I think it, yeah, I think it totally makes sense to move it over to Facebook. It's uh it's just one it's more content keeps you on keeps you there. Um, I think it's great all right. well, friends, this has been a amazing journey into the mind of the Zuckerberg and company uh big blue has done it again as uh, as kenny would say um so that wraps it up for us this week i want to thank juliana and beth for taking us through the latest and greatest and if you don't already be sure to follow us on apple and spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and please email us, as Kenny always says, it does go to my inbox and I'll send something nice back, Podcasts at gray.com. And I'm going to steal his line. Should I steal his line?
2: 100%. Take us home, Joey.
0: All right, here we go. Let's see how, let's see how it sounds coming out of my mouth. Remember, everybody, stay safe, stay smart, stay social. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Patti and Grace McDougall. Produced by Joey Scarrillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Guy Rosemarin, with support from post-producer Ned Martin. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.